Welcome into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, joining you on this Wednesday evening. Joined across from Kent Swanson, our lead film and draft analyst, Chris Unocero, pushing all the right buttons for us. Just a couple days, a couple, couple hours, what, 48 hours after the Chiefs' Monday night football win over the L.A. Chargers. Ken, now that you've had some time here uh, to reflect upon the game, sleep a few nights, what were your overall thoughts of this one? The bye week hasn't started for us yet, Pete. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I I watched the game. I came away pretty underwhelmed. Uh, especially, especially You're saying on, you rewatched it. I rewatched the game. Rewatched the game again. Uh, on the All-22, kind of came away underwhelmed, honestly. It was just kind of... Uh, it, the second half was really discombobulated. I thought they were very vanilla. I thought they leaned on the same play multiple times. It didn't work. Uh, very underwhelming performance. I think, honestly, it made me think that they were just trying to get out of their life, just with the injuries and all that stuff. That, that's kind of how it felt watching that game again. It felt like that, I would say, especially toward the end of the game, where it really did feel like Andy Reid maybe took his foot off the gas a little bit, especially emphasizing the running backs a little bit more toward the end of the game where there seemed like a clear push, a clear agenda. You're right. Let's run this clock out. We have the division win. <laughs> yeah. Get to the 13 days off. They So they, they ran the ball on first down the vast majority of the second half. Like it was, I'm going to turn around and hand the and ball Andy off. And Andy Reid is... He loves to pass. Right. It's, it did not look like your normal rhythm. And then one of the things that the Chargers were doing is they were just, they were not going to get beat deep. They were refusing to get beat deep. So they were getting a lot of depth at the second and third levels. They were just not going to let them get beat vertically. So the Chiefs adjusted. And, and Patrick Mahomes tried to fit some balls in there in the first half. Obviously, he threw an interception, trying to be aggressive downfield. The Chiefs kind of adjusted by throwing a couple guys short every now and then. So, like, they threw a lot of hitch routes, little short turnarounds five yards down the field, seven yards down the field. That was their adjustment. And then dumping it off to the running backs and then turn around and hand the football off. That was basically, I just summarized the offense in the second half for you for the Kansas City Chiefs. We were looking from a rebound game for the Chiefs. And one of the things I think that concerns me the most about this one in particular is if you have to narrow this down, this win to one sentence, right? What would it be? To me, it would be, Philip Rivers stunk. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I, I, the Chiefs gave up a lot of yards, like flat out, just gave up a lot of yards to that team. I thought they were going to get run out of the stadium because they the port the, the the defense played eight forty three snaps in the first half. I was worried that it was going to double up. They're going to run eighty six. They're going to be dead. Uh, but Philip Rivers, in key moments, turned the ball over inexplicably at times. And I think you also got to give Frank Clark credit a little bit for disrupting that game a little bit too, because I think his impact was felt. And I think those two things are ultimately what uh, what won this team that football game. We got a great show for you planned tonight. Over the next hour, we're going to hear from Tyron Matthew. He joined Fesco in the morning. Some of those highlights. We'll talk to Craig Stout and find out if this defense is the real thing. That'll happen in the second segment. We'll go around the nation. We will also take your questions. Toward the end of the show, 69306. That's the Protein House. He with the Purpose text line. You can also get us on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. I'm all for international games, mm. but here's the thing. I don't care if 10 players after the game tell you that that field was okay. Ugh. 
They got to figure that out next year. I don't know if you have to have players running on it before just to see making cuts. It looked great before the game, but I, I tend to think and we're going to get into a second here about Tyree Kill and the, and the news that we have about the Chiefs. But I think something that they did was let's hold Tyree Kill back just in case here. Again, we'll get into the details of that. There were guys slipping and sliding all over that thing. They got to figure that out. Aesthetically, it did not, did not look like Shakira had played a concert on it a month before. But the quality of the field was just was disgusting. <laughs> you saw you saw Byron Pringle sliding a, a, a cut. Any receiver, any any player in the National Football League can make incapable of doing it. Sod flying up on every. Hard, hard turn or anything like that. Part of me wonders if the way that the Chiefs played in the second half was just like, again, let's just get out of this thing alive. Let's protect Patrick Mahomes and make sure he doesn't get hurt. I think everyone that was afraid of, of Patrick Mahomes playing on that field was justified after, after seeing it, after seeing how, how, how rough it was. Yeah, I think the game, you're right. It was a microcosm of the last four, which was get to the bye week, get to the bye week, get to the bye week, kind of like you would in a close game in the first and second quarter where you're like, let's get into the locker room and we'll figure this out. The Chiefs finally make it there. For what it's worth, you look at this first half of the year, and again, I know it's not an exact half, but I'm looking at bye week as the midpoint. Sure. And Fair. The Chiefs have never clicked on all cylinders, mm-hmm. and they're 7-4. and four. That's yeah. what you have. So can they figure this out? Can they get back to as close to healthy as they possibly can? Can they come back and say, okay, we're going to be the best offense we can be. We're going to be the best defense we can be. We're not going to make these stupid special teams mistakes we were making before this week, before this Monday night football. And we are going to be one of the better teams in the league. We're going to be playing our best football at the right time. I think that's the challenge you have now that you have these 13 days off. And the Chiefs haven't really even been remotely capable of of peaking or, or getting healthy at the right time because you saw Tyreek Hill. Right. First quarter. This game. Six plays out. Six plays in. And it was I don't know how many plays he played in the first quarter of the Jacksonville game, but we've seen the full reveal of this offense on the field together for like twenty plays tops. And and that's really that's really frustrating. That's that's a challenge. Hopefully Tyreek Hill is okay, comes back out of the bye great. They peak at the right time, all that good stuff. We have not seen the full reveal of this team. That might be partially the reason why you saw the play calling change. Maybe some of of the call sheet just got ripped up because they weren't able to use Tyree Kill, too. That, that could be another piece of that as well. Andy Reid's got to be ready for everything there. That is no excuse, but they do still manage the win. Let's go to the Chiefs news that we will be monitoring as we go into the bye week. The injuries we're looking at. Tight end Blake Bell and Alex Okafor, the defensive end, high ankle issues. We wonder if... These two weeks will get them better enough to be back in the lineup once the Chiefs resume. Out of the game, running back Damian Williams hurt his ribs. Safety Jordan Lucas hurt his shoulder. Sean McCoy had what Andy Reid called a head issue. Some people sometimes get afraid of the C word, and I'm not talking about the worst mm-hmm. C word. It's the other C word, the NFL C word. And the most significant issue of all was to wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Tyree Kill is set to undergo an MRI on his hamstring. As reported by NFL Network's Mike Garofolo, the Chiefs will have a better idea of a timeline after the MRI. And according to Mike G, the trip to Mexico delayed the MRI from taking place. That was NFL Network's Will Silva earlier in the week. Well, the MRI apparently took place 
NFL Network's Ian Rappaport had a tweet this morning. Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill's hamstring injury was deemed minor, a source said. More like one player, one a player would have in training camp and be cautious with he's considered day-to-day. And with the bye, there is a real chance he doesn't miss any time. He wanted to go back in versus the Chargers. That's kind of why I brought up this point when we were talking about the fields. Uh, Kent, when you hear this report, when you hear what Ian Rappaport says, what do you uh, react with? I find it interesting that if it was something that you might experience during training camp or something Tyreek Hill wanted to go back onto the, f- onto the field for, I think that tells you what the Chiefs think about the field. Honestly, that's what I kind of take away from that is I think there's a little bit, there was a little bit, little bit of timidity because if it was minor and they trusted the, the surface, maybe they let him go. But um, we, we talked about all week, though, it was a big enough game, right? Right. Where you needed him in. So and that, so it's the actions that tell you more right. so than what they're saying. It, it was weird, though. After the game, you could tell that someone talked to every player and said, hey, if you could do us the NFL a solid <laughs> and say the field was fine. We'd greatly appreciate Yeah, it. Maybe not mention that you guys were playing in quicksand. Like that would be okay. Like, please, please do us a solid there. I think we all realize with this team, we know how badly the chiefs need Patrick Mahomes. Is Tyree kill the next most important player on this team? Because for the first time in really a long time, I can't even really remember with Patrick Mahomes, the offense really legitimately looked to struggle, and it was a huge emphasis, at least for me. I think we've seen Patrick Mahomes have success without Tyreek Hill. So, like, we, we've seen him do that. But what I think Patrick, or I think Tyreek Hill is, he's, he's the guy that just unlocks the full potential of this thing. Patrick Mahomes can do really remarkable things when he's not playing in quicksand, when, uh, you know, when, when he's able to kind of create. And I, I think there's a lot of circumstances around that game why he didn't have a good performance. But back to Tyreek Hill. I think when he's on the field, you've got a, a a a duo that has ultimate trust in each other that can help um, each other reach their full potential athletically. Patrick Mahomes is capable of getting the ball down the field to Tyreek Hill in ways that other quarterbacks can't. And Tyreek Hill is capable of making explosive plays at the third level of the defense. Who you know, I remember the, the the Patriots game, you know, the first one in Foxborough, catches a ball in front of the safety and just outruns him. Just flat out outruns him and just kind of accelerates from a stop position and just runs out, runs past the rest of the defense. Those two make each other better. I think Pat, I think Tyree kill is, is critical to this football team. Maybe the second most important player on this football team. The bye week comes at the right time. You have the Oakland Raiders next who are suddenly this threat to potentially take this division. They have a huge game with the New York jets coming up because if they win it, it'll be seven and four versus seven and four at Arrowhead stadium on December 1st. No Chiefs football to December 1. It's kind of weird to say when it is only November 20th. Wow. Other news for the Chiefs. Some of the Pro Bowl voting is coming through. Lamar Jackson leads the Pro Bowl voting a quarterback in front of Patrick Mahomes. But Tyreek, I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey uh, leads at the tight end position. And McCole Hardman leads at the specialist position as of right now. Good for him, I guess. I mean, I don't know what he's... I mean, his special team's probably been the worst element of his season. But... I mean, good for him. <laughs> right. The best, the times that McCole Hardman has looked the best is when he's in the offense. <laughs> Not and when special teams. And almost what you would call like the dat plays where you just make it a, a <sighs> return yeah. while it's on offense. Right. Like you can't return while you're returning, but these offensive quote unquote returns look pretty good. Yeah, there's there's not like Pat, to, McCole Hardman, I think the Chiefs have utilized him perfectly. He's not 
a well-developed route runner at all. They throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to him, and then they throw him deep down the field. They just say, be fast. And that's really what he's been doing. I He hasn't done much on special teams. You're right. The plays that kind of look special teams-ish, I guess, on offense are the closest thing we've seen to you know to that. But uh, good for McCole Hardman, I guess. Good for Good for him. <laughs> That's our Monday night football late <laughs> reactions. That's the news. Some of the Pro Bowl voting. We talked a little bit about the offense. I want to flip the switch. When we come back, we'll talk to defensive film analyst Craig Stout, who will join us to talk about the defense. And the number one question is what we saw on Monday night for real. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Ken Swanson, Chris Uno, Sarah, the bye week edition of Arrowhead Pride Radio. The Chiefs coming off 24-17 win over the L.A. Chargers, a huge division win entering this bye week. I know it was a good game for our defensive film analyst, Craig Stout, who joins us right now. How are you doing, Craig? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, guys. How are you doing? I think you've begun probably at this point to at least gather yourself, get together this defensive tabulations article you do for us at AP. It's got to be a good week for you right now, no? Yeah, it's a pretty good week. They they allowed a few too many explosive plays. There are still some deficiencies there, particularly the linebackers and the safeties and coverage underneath against tight ends and running backs. But overall, yeah, the defense definitely pulled their weight this week, created turnovers, and generally had a fairly high success rate throughout the night. The thing that concerned me, if I had a concern, was the beginning of the game, the first half, giving up over 300 yards. Obviously not good. But where I really liked what they were able to do was at the end of the game when you have these big possessions. I just feel like the Chiefs defense over time has never been able to even step up during those times where you finally got four in a row where they were able to do something. Now, granted, it, it was Phillip Rivers, and he wasn't playing well at all, but you still need to make plays. For sure, and part of the reason why Phillip Rivers was struggling is because he was a little rattled on three of his four interceptions. He's trying to navigate the pocket to avoid the Chiefs' pressure, and he wasn't able to either put enough on the ball or put a ball, an, an accurate ball, or Frank Clark is dragging him into the ground, and he inexplicably threw it to Derek Nottie. But they really did a good job of throwing him off his game a little bit, forcing bad Phillip Rivers to come out more than good Phillip Rivers came out. The adjustments that they made to try and limit the stuff that Phillip Rivers liked to do forced him to hold on to the ball more and then forced him to have to throw into some tight windows. And we've seen throughout the years Phillip Rivers is very uncomfortable when he has to do that. Craig, I know I've asked you this recently. The sample size has changed, though, and it's it's a continually evolving thing. But where does your concern right now, after an eleven game sample, sit? Where, where, what's the what's the most concerned you are, you are with this defense? I, it's linebackers in coverage, and Steve Spagnuolo has tried his best to put safeties on the field. They ran a lot of four safety sets this week tried to have Honey Badger and Dan Sorensen in and around the box for their coverage ability with Juan Thornhill, Jordan Lucas until he got hurt, and then Armani Watts was in there deep. That's the way that Steve Spagnuolo has chosen to try and 
help the coverage defenders. Honestly, it's not a bad move. The linebackers that can get out in space and cover aren't guys that are really in favor. Darren Lee, Dorian O'Daniel, these guys aren't seeing the field. And if they're not seeing the field, when Steve Spagnuolo is having to go to this many safeties, that's got to tell you something about where they are and their development and where they are within the scheme. Craig, I want to ask you about a player in particular before we get to Frank Clark, which is who I want to end with. Chiefs fans have gotten really excited about Mike Pinnell, and he, <laughs> he plays only a small number of the snaps, but he was in for the win, out for the loss, and then in for another win. General question, what do you make of this guy? I think he's a winner. I, I think that's what, <laughs> that's what it is. What it, I, Mike Pinnell is a big, big run-stuffing body. He's kind of been, he's been a journeyman you know, his entire career. He's never really stuck anywhere, never really performed at a high level anywhere. He looks good within this chief scheme. Steve Spagnuolo likes those giant guys that have a little bit of burst, which he does. We saw he had a sack. He had another pressure later on in the week or later on in the game. He held his own very well on the interior this week. He's definitely earned more playing time. And honestly, he's a guy that you got to keep tabs on going forward into the 2020 season. He's probably not going to cost you hardly anything. He's a great rotational piece to have on the roster. Craig, what do you make of Joey Ivey's increase in snap counts? That, that's another one that just kind of in, intrigues me a little bit. I, Joey Ivey, I think Steve Spagnuolo even kind of pointed to the fact that the Chiefs having to use Chris Jones as a defensive end as often as they are with Emmanuel Agba's injury, with Alex Okafor's injury, and then, you know, Chris Jones conditioning, Frank Clark coming off an of injury, and then Tano Pasigno's general run defense. Like, those guys aren't guys that you really want out for 100% of the snaps. Now, again, Frank, I know we're getting to, was fantastic this week. But Joey Ivey offers a little bit of pass rush amongst a group of guys that were kind of hurting for pass rush that maybe you couldn't quite, or, you know, count on to be out there for you know, 60, 70, 80% of the snaps. Ivey gets you a couple of rotational snaps. And again, this week with you know, Ogba and Okafor out. Can't sleep on Joey Ivey's pass rush. I want to get to Frank Clark here, and he's been the player everyone's been talking about, but he was up against what would be considered weaker competition in the rookie. Do we believe in Frank Clark? Has he turned the page? Can we expect to see this kind of play after the bye? I believe so. I believe that we saw the past two weeks that Frank Clark is playing the way that he did in Seattle. He's utilizing his power. He's able to kind of transition to a speed rush. He's not having to just rely on that speed and that spin that we saw throughout the year. He is winning with his strength, and that's where he won the most in Seattle. We're starting to see more and more of that. Yes, it was a left tackle that probably shouldn't be starting in the NFL right now. But that's the kind of performance that you want to see against the left tackle that shouldn't be starting in the league. If you go out and you dominate a guy you're supposed to dominate, that's still good. Good pass rushers do that. That's how good pass rushers win. I'm looking forward to seeing him against Colton Miller again because the first time that we saw the two of them face up, Frank Clark really wasn't utilizing any power moves at all. I think we kind of heard that might be his neck, his hands, whatever the case may be. Right. He looks more like the player in Seattle. 
let's see if we see more of that out of the bye. I'm eager to see Clark with just another week off. I just think he could use it, just like a lot of guys mm-hmm. on the Chiefs mm-hmm. could use it. Uh, Craig, before I let you go, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Do you have a, a bye week beer of the week? Or you, well, I'm sure you, this is a week where you can be drinking a little bit more. So do you have anything for us? Uh, the bye week beer of the week is bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Stout, defensive film analyst at arrowheadpride.com. Look for his weekly defensive article coming up in a few days, then one of the next couple of days. Yep. Thanks for having me on. So you go. His words on Frank Clark. Craig's a believer, and, and Craig's been watching Clark all year, that Clark has turned the page. Mm-hmm. His line against the Chargers, a sack, three quarterback hits. Should have been two sacks. And five pressures, that's right. One pressure led to the Derek Nottie pick. Another should have been pick for Tyron Matthew, which was a costly drop. Can we expect this version the rest of the year? Where do you lie on that side? I'm you're you're talking to a, a Frank Clark believer too, and I do believe that he was hurt earlier in the year. I think his pass rush plan was different than what you saw with him in Seattle, and I think you're starting to see him get a little bit healthier. Four sacks in the last three games. He's he's done a lot. Frankly, I think I think he's frankly look at me. Right, very nice. He's done a lot more than people are giving him credit for throughout the season. It's not like he's been perfect, but I think he's been playing through some significant injuries. He's still been good against the run. Baltimore avoided him and did not want to run at him. And I think you're finally starting to see him get back into the swing of things with whatever he's been going through. Couldn't feel his fingertips for a while. I think that's explaining why some of those sacks that he almost had early in the year where you know he just couldn't grip at the end. Like, I think we've got an explanation for some of the issues here. I don't care if it was Trey Pipkins. I am, I, I like what I saw from Frank Clark. I think it's sustainable. And I think he's on the way back up. And it, it could not be coming at a better time. And the bye week couldn't be coming at a better time for him either. Yeah, that's the counter argument that I think a lot of people will say to, for Frank Clark is, oh, well, he's up against a rookie. Well, it's not like he chose that. I mean, it was ideal. It was an ideal matchup. But you got to go up who, who, you, who, who they put in front of you. Uh, let's quote after the game, I'm a pro. I know everything isn't going to be in my favor all the time. I know that opens up doors for other people. They've got to make the play when it's there. I know what I can bring. I know what I bring to the table. I know what other teams are going to do. They can keep coming. I'm going to keep coming, too. Frank Clark is hes a quote machine. And you know what? He's made me feel better after this effort because I came here, reports from training camp. I called in the show in Vern every day. I came to the drive and I said, this guy is going to be an absolute animal this year. And here's the thing. He hasn't been to, to this point. He had a great game on Monday night, but this is the season that counts. This is the part of the season that counts leading going into the playoffs. How do you play in December? How do you play in January? If you play well during this stretch and into the playoffs and you could get a Super Bowl trip for Kansas city, no one is going to give a damn about the first half. That feels good for me. Probably feels even better for the guy who gave him $104 million, <laughs> Brett Veach. I, uh, I did some statistical analysis. I, I, I looked at the top five paid edge rushers. And I put up a poll last week. Or that was this week, actually. And I just asked. I, I, I did a blind test on, on the stats of the top five paid edge rushers. And Frank Clark was voted blindly statistically better than Khalil Mack, Von Miller, uh Trey Flowers and somebody else. He he flat out like his production is not as bad as as some people are making it out to be. 
He's up there with the rest of the top five paid edge rushers. And he's been playing hurt. And, by the way, Craig, or uh, Peter, wow. This is the bye week. <laughs> it is the bye week. <laughs> um, he's, 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 out, he's been, he out-snapped the, both starting corners for the Chiefs last week. Out-snapped him in 7,200 degree, ele- or 7,200 elevation. That makes you feel a lot better, I think, about his neck and all the problems that he was having. I tend to think he's healthy. I think, tend to think now you can feel good about him being ready to go. I hope we see this version because the Chiefs are going to need it if they want to potentially get in play for a second, uh, a second seed, uh, a bye here in the AFC playoffs. When we come back, Bob Fesco and the crew talk to Tyron Matthew. We'll go over some of his best quotes from Fesco in the morning. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Ken Swanson, Chris Uno, Cero. We are on the Wednesday of the bye week. Clearly. <laughs> Tyron Matthew, safety for the Chiefs, sticking around, uh, getting involved with the Kansas City community. Uh, he was on with Fesco in the morning uh, earlier today to just talk about some of the things he's doing in Kansas City. Uh, he had a waiter, uh, celebrity waiter dinner over the weekend before the Chiefs went to Mexico, ben- benefiting his foundation, which helps out, which helps out kids. Uh, tomorrow he'll be out at the True Faith Church given donation if you want to donate you can head out there um you can visit tyronmatthew.org but he was kind enough to answer a few questions for fesco and the guys and he was clear in saying that week 11 for the chiefs especially the defense was a step in the right direction we've kind of been up and down defensively and you know we've been doing some things you know really well and other things you know, not so well. So uh, I thought Monday night for us, you know, was a step in the right direction, you know, uh, given it's the last stretch of the season, right? Uh, You know, we only have, you know, six, you know, games left. And, you know, it's important for us to to put our best work out there, um, to to, to really go out there and try to win, you know, every snap, every rep. And, you know, I was really proud of the guys that did make the play, you know, like Dan Sorensen and, you know, Rashad Fenton, those guys stepping up, you know, really making big-time interceptions. And, um, you know, I think Frank Clark, you know, probably played his best game, you know, in my opinion. And, you know, he was so active and disruptive. And um, uh, we kind of fed off of each other, you know, Monday night. And, you know, we was in a different atmosphere, you know, a different environment. And I think the people in Mexico, they really treated us well. Um, they were so hospitable and um you know, they really showed out and, and really made it a great environment for us to really show up and, and, and try to play our best ball. Chris Jones said after the game the Chiefs were gassed. I mean, the defense yeah. was gassed. The, the the opposing offense, even you got to include them, they were gassed. But for the effort, I think, at the end of the game to manage the Chargers' offense and you have your offense for the Chiefs not really being able to accomplish anything, all you need is a score. They can't get it. And to still will the way to a win, I thought was impressive for Matthew and Clark and the rest of the team. You saw how exhausted that team was when Daniel Sorensen intercepted that pass. I don't think anybody even felt like celebrating. It was just relief and exhaustion. Like there wasn't the same kind of celebration you're typically used to. I think they were just they were absolutely beaten, understandably. I mean, that that was a tall task, and the Chargers definitely were controlling the time of possession and really trying to wear that team out, and they held up okay. And Matthew believes like you're still 
starting to see a lot of this defensive growth we've been waiting for for a long time. We, we knew it was going to be a challenge. You know, uh, you know, our, our coach, you know, Spags, you know, he looked us, he told us this. You know, he said it's going to be a challenge this season, and um, he wants to see, you know, who will embrace this challenge. And um, I, I think, you know, collectively, you know, we've been embracing a challenge, you know, um, and, uh, you know, it's, a new, it's new for everyone, you know, so it's going to be, you know, different things that come up here and there that, you know, that, that, that really test us. And um, so, uh, you know, we really have to fall back on fundamentals and, you know, attitude and, you know, uh, really how we approach, you know, every day. Um, and so, uh, so we're looking forward to the, to the next stretch of the season. And um, so, uh, uh, but I think, you know, SPAG is right now, um, I think we're getting a good grip of, you know, what we do do well. Well, uh, we don't do too well. Again, with the Thanksgiving holiday, Matthew will be at True Faith on Thursday. I think they're giving away 320 turkeys. Wow. Uh, you can help out with donations. Visit tyronmatthew.org. Uh, While I'm on it very quickly, a charity called the Aiden, Aiden Pro- Project, uh, which provides access to therapy services for children with developmental delays in KC. It's their big fundraiser this weekend. There's a live auction with a lot of Chiefs prizes and Royals prizes. I put it on the top of my Twitter, twitter.com slash pgsween. If you want to check that out, Chiefs experiences, it's really cool. Kent, I want to get your take on Mahomes because I think there's been some conversations uh, regarding, okay, this is one of the worst efforts we've seen from him, which for him is saying something because he still was able to manage over 50 rushing yards on what looks to me clearly like a bum knee. Yeah. You could say in the passing game there were certainly struggles. Yeah, I think this was his worst performance as a chief. Yeah. I don't think there's really other, any other contender, really. There was I mean, there, there was a couple big plays where, you know, he kind of showed some some of the things that you're typically used to. I think there's a lot of reasons to explain that. Um, I, I don't want to completely apologize away everything, but at the same time, lost Tyreek Hill. And the game, you know, some of the call sheet goes out the window. And now you're trying to deal with that. I think the Chargers actually really did a fantastic job trying to take away what he's good at. And what, what the Chiefs are, are kind of built on is challenging teams down, or challenge, you know, challenging defenses downfield. The Chargers were really intent on taking that stuff away. And so they kind of had to, Chiefs had to kind of nickel and dime it down the field. And Mahomes flat out missed a couple really easy throws and missed, you know, made the wrong decision on a couple real easy hitch throws. He had Sammy Watkins wide open in the middle of the field, tried to throw it and fit it into McCole Hardman. It's just a bunch of little things. It was it was a very disorganized game. Mahomes, uh, they they kind of they kind of neutered him a little bit. I think with the play calling, maybe just trying to get out of 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 Estadio Azteca with with his knee intact. I don't know, but I I'm not that concerned about it moving forward. I know Tyre I know Tyreek Hill having to leave the game very early was a problem. That that was clear. Don't you have to be ready for that though? Didn't didn't it seem a little bit and this was what was concerning for me that the Chiefs were just caught once Hill had to leave and Cole Hardman is developing but he's nowhere near there yet. They they just didn't have an answer after he left the game. No, I, I, you definitely need to be concerned. I I'm not trying to absolve anybody of blame because I think Andy Reid, I don't, I don't love what he did calling the plays in the second half. Right. I saw him run the same little dump off to the uh, Sean McCoy three different times in the matter of about 10 different plays. It was two little swing routes where they ran everyone down the field and yep. they just dumped it off to McCoy, uh, to LaShawn McCoy. They did that twice. Then they basically did the same thing only with a little screen play. So they were doing some of that cute little stuff. They just tried to throw little hitch routes to basically Travis Kelsey for, uh, the majority of the second half. 
it was not a it was not a pretty game. I think they were doubling up on a lot of calls. I think they got caught with their pants down a little bit, and I think at the end they were just trying to survive. It was it was not pretty. It was not fluid. It was pretty ugly, and, they, and even in the commitment to running the football too. Like they were just extremely Black. intentional. When Mahomes is leading you in rushing, you, yeah. you know that that is a problem. Well, this is this is the the metaphor. I mean, you're regrouping right now. You got into the locker mm-hmm. room. You got seven wins. You got everything still right in front of you. I mean, you need a little bit of help if you want to get a bye week. But as far as the playoff goes, as far as the division goes, you got into the locker room with seven wins. And That's again, not completely ideal. You were wish that they, like they were preseason, would be in line for the number one seed. This is doable here. I mean, yeah. You don't need to be the number one seed to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, you you don't. You you definitely don't. But you you hope that the the road gets a little bit easier for them. Maybe if if they run the table the rest of the regular season, they're gonna have a chance at a bye, which would be critical and really helpful for this football team if they don't have to play one extra game with as many injuries as they had. I think the thing that you're really encouraged by is if everything is okay with Tyreek Hill, they have all their key pieces, uh, all healthy. You know, you're maybe Emmanuel Ogba. You're you're a little bit disappointed in Emmanuel Ogba because he was having a fantastic season, but was a bummer. As far as just key cogs in this machine i think you might be all all systems go for a big game at home against the raiders to start you know the the home stretch and and if if they peak at the right time this this team can still do everything that they want to do what are the national heads saying about your chiefs plus we'll turn it over to you you can text us 69306 with your chiefs comments or questions and tweet to us at Arrowhead Pride. We'll leave we'll read them live on the air and give you our thoughts. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. We're wrapping this thing up pretty soon here. Coming up next, it's the Bruce Weber Show. But then stick around because it'll be more Chiefs talk with Bink coming up at 8 in abbreviated version of Bink at Night, our guy Jay Binkley. We're going to do a live mailbag coming up in just a few moments. Get your questions in. Your comments in. Well, even if it's a comment, you want to yell at us. There's somebody yelling at us already. <laughs> 69306 on the Protein House Eat With Purpose text line. Uh, we're going to go around the nation, see what the national heads are saying about your Chiefs. First, let's start with Kyle Brandt, our guy from Good Morning Football. Peter, do you follow the fan blog, Bloggin' the Boys? Cowboys blog? I Absolutely. Stuff. It's basically like Arrowhead Pride, but for the Cowboys. I love that. What? I love that. Look at the look at us, man. Arrowhead Pride before the Cowboys. Setting awesome. the bar. That's what that's what we call setting the bar. It's made my day. So Fox Sports is Colin Cowherd. He has begun questioning the Chiefs. Here's what he had to say on the herd. What do they do well? I love Andy Reid's play designing and I love Patrick Mahomes' talent. But they're twenty-sixth in total defense. They're thirtieth in rush defense. And I'm sorry. If you can't get New England off the field or Baltimore off the field or Indianapolis off the field, you're not winning any playoff games. You cannot be this bad running the football. Last night they got four picks, and the Chargers were going for the tie with 18 seconds left in Mexico City. They simply don't do enough well. Uh, They get to the quarterback pretty well, but, you know, when your offense won't be on the field because you can't stop the Ravens running game, you're 10th in the NFL. Real, real quick, so they don't do anything well except rush the passer, have the best play designer in football, and have the best quarterback in football. Got it. Also, 
<laughs> Haven't they beat the Ravens twice in the last two years? Yeah, I think a lot of people forget about that. This is a very different uh, Ravens team right now, the way they're playing, than the earlier earlier in the season. But they're still a win against the Ravens. Just, you can't just completely discount okay, that Colin. victory. I'm not completely buying Colin. I think there were a couple things he said there that you could say, okay, reasonable, makes sense. But the grand scheme of things, I think the Chiefs are still a contender in the AFC. Let's continue with Fox Sports and go to Nick Wright. I felt better about the Chiefs after last week's Hor- horrifying loss than I did after this week's Uh-oh. nice win. If they played a competent team last night, they'd have lost. I mean, that, that, that's the reality on the ground in from Mexico City. It was a miracle the Chargers didn't score a touchdown in the first half. It was a minor miracle that they abandoned the running game, which was so effective, and that they put the game on Phillip Rivers at this point shoulder that is not a shoulder it once was. And so Kansas City got the win. They got to the bye. They have the as big, uh, late of a, as a bye as you can have in the league, which if you can survive the first 11 weeks without a bye, which all the Chiefs really did survive, it can be a good time to get healthy. Tyreek Hill got hurt in this game. Both running backs got hurt in this game. Mahomes clearly could use a little extra rest. time. But for a team that going into the year, I picked to win the Super Bowl, what they've looked like, really since the first month of football has not been a team that should be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And last night, it's tough because you're happy you get a divisional win. It would have been a terrible loss after last week's heartbreaking loss. But they didn't play very well on either side of the ball except for forcing critical turnovers time in, time out against Phillip Rivers. Now, right, we know is a big supporter of the Chiefs. So Mm -hmm. this is coming out of love. What's your reaction to his words? I don't necessarily disagree with them. I didn't feel good about that football game, and I tweeted out something after the game was over. The, the football that Chiefs played in November is not going to cut it in January. It just isn't. It They've got a lot of room to grow, but I think the, on the other side of that, though, I, I don't think anybody wants to play the Chiefs in January. I don't think anybody wants to play the Chiefs in January. They know if this team puts it together, and they haven't yet to this point, and they're certainly capable of it because all the pieces should be back for that home stretch. Yeah. You should you should still be worried about. It. I think there's there's enough positive indicators in there to say that they can do it if they wind up ultimately doing it. We'll find out. But no one wants to play the Chiefs in January. Nobody. Here's the reality. I mean, they have seven wins. If they still look like this team who is struggling to get the win, and even if they are getting the win, I mean, you're right. You're not going to beat a really good team in the playoffs. But there's still five more games to figure it out. Right. And I just I always go back to this about the Chiefs. We have for so many t- years here felt good about the team going into the playoffs, and then they get shocked. Mm-hmm. Let's maybe peak here at the right time. Because right. don't forget, it not always is the best team all year. It's who's playing the best at the end of the year. And the Chiefs have a chance to do that this year. Let's uh, finish it around the nation with ESPN's Max Kellerman. He's talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson for the best QB in the league. I just want to bring up Lamar Jackson for a second because he's having the best season right now because Mahomes got hurt. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes throws better than anyone. Lamar runs better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a quarterback position, as you always say, throwing more important than running. Yes, sir. But they also both run and throw. Mm-hmm. So then it comes down to how does Patrick Mahomes run compared to how do Lamar Jackson throws? That's competitive, actually. And we saw Patrick Mahomes run to win the game yesterday. Not just the third, the third quarter uh, hookup with Travis Kelsey in a key moment. Mm-hmm. It was 
The yards he picked up with his feet when they need him. Down all of his offensive weapons on the road in a bad place <coughs> to play. He figured out a way to get it done with his worst performance of the season. Mm -hmm. He's the best in the business. Yeah. <laughs> he is. I, 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 don't, I, I don't appreciate the disrespect of Patrick Mahomes lately because he's becoming an afterthought. I love Lamar Jackson. I think this is a Jackson-Watson-Mahomes league. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun 10 years. I'd still take Mahomes. Yeah. I, he's, he's still the best quarterback in the league. I, I would agree with Kellerman. And that's another reason why you're still going to have a legitimate chance here because you still have the best player in the league, especially if he's close to 100%. I think if you were just going to force all three to throw the football, it would be Mahomes in a landslide. I really do. Even even with Watson. I think as far as passers, it's Mahomes, Watson, Jackson. And yes, that's taking away what makes Lamar Jackson so special. But in January, if, if you can slow down the running game of Lamar Jackson and make him beat you as a passer, I don't think it's going to end well for him. All right, let's go to the live mailbag as we wrap this thing up. I like this first question here, Kent, because it's kind of, in a way, draft-related. Uh-oh. You want the Chiefs to take a shot on Elijah Holyfield running back for the practice squad of the Panthers? I was a, I was a big Elijah Holy fan coming out, a Holyfield fan coming out, actually. I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a draftable grade on him. I don't think he wound up getting drafted. No, they, he's not a good fit for this team. They don't need to go try to poach someone at the running back position. I think there's a couple other better options out there anyway. If the Chiefs win out, which team is more likely to drop to the three seed, New England or Baltimore? Uh, it's it's got to be Baltimore with two losses under their belts already, and they've got some tough games upcoming. They play the Niners. Uh, there, there's some there's some tough challenges in there for them. Uh, I think the, I think it's ultimately going to be the Ravens fall into the three seed if they get it. Man, the Ravens are playing some good football. I know. Though. I know. I mean, I, that's a tough call. I I I would almost say the New England Patriots right now. With the, I just like teams that are playing really well at the moment and. New England right now, in my opinion, just seems a little more beatable than the way the Ravens are playing. Ironically enough, since they acquired Marcus Peters, really, on the defensive side of the football, especially, and with the way lights outweigh Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. is playing. Uh, here's Evan. Uh, I'm scared for Mahomes' career with him making every pass running from somebody. <laughs> They, they've got a, they've got 15 years to figure it out. Uh, I think they'll I think they'll be fine. And I think once Eric Fisher gets healthy, he'll be able to be protected a little bit better than he's been. Don't worry about it too much. Eric Fisher needed that game back to get the cobwebs out. A little he bit was better. terrible this week. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, he just let him get healthy. Is it too bad this isn't the AP Lab. This question from Scott Lauren, Garrett Dieter, why not Cody Thompson? Garrett Dieter is best friends with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> There's your answer. Also a good special teamer. Cody Thompson is not a special teamer. And I, I think he's been on a couple practice squads since moving on from Kansas City. Kent, this one for you. What is your fantasy play that you haven't seen yet this year? Readers reverse with Hill and Hardman. Wait, say that. The, re the suggestion was a reverse with Hill and Hardman. What's the fantasy play that you haven't seen this year? Uh, It's not that. <laughs> I, I just want to see what I want to see is a lot more vertical stretches. It's not as sexy of a play. I want to see some vertical stretches with, with all the weapons on the field because we haven't got to see much of that. But McColl and, and Tyreek and Sammy streaking down the field with Travis Kelsey, I want to see those plays. It's not the sexiest play, but we haven't got to see that much yet. This is simple for me. With the wind to your back, an 80-yarder to Tyreek oh. Hill. I've been waiting for that since 
since Mahomes took over. <laughs> it could have happened last week, but it's thrown in quicksand. Do you think with your head and not your heart, the defense is good enough to take it to the Super Bowl? Yeah. It, it, I, I, I think there's enough in there. I think there's some things that you see. They are getting better. I think Tyron Matthew is right. I think the pass rush is coming along. If they're healthy, if the pass rush is healthy, I think that this group is kind of starting to gel a little bit. There's enough there. I tend to think the defense is good enough. I mean, I still want to see a couple more weeks of the play that we saw on Monday Night Football. I, I want to see what they look like after the bye week. But it feels like if Mahomes is healthy... If the offense gets a little healthier, if Tyree Kill comes back and the defense can play similarly, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they don't need that much. The Chiefs need to be the 24th best defense in football last year to win a Super Bowl. They were the 31st. So, I mean, it's not that hard. Thanks to Craig Stout, Chris Unocero, the Bruce Weber Show coming up next. More Chiefs talk with Bink coming up at 8. For Ken Swanson, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thanks for joining us on Arrowhead Pride Radio.